Welcome to Try Not to Blink, a podcast about the ups and downs, ins and outs, news, tips, and tricks of those who live the optometry lifestyle. We'd like to thank the amazing people at Valley Contacts who've made this podcast possible. Makers of stellar gas permeable lenses and the oh-so-incredible custom stable scleral lens. In case you're wondering, we're not going to talk about coronavirus. <laughs> I'm on the East Coast. My name is Dr. James Diem, and I'm joined by my super talented co-host, repping the West Coast, Dr. Roya Habibi. What's up, Roya? With in the theme of not talking about it, don't do it. We don't even say the word. The thirty days of unemployment, feeling it. I've been doing some fun projects. I've essentially painted every room in my home. Everything's painted. My newly purchased home that I can't pay my mortgage. Love <laughs> it. Hashtag love it. Um, is the room you're in right now one of them? This is an older paint, although I might, you okay. know, just change it up here too. Because uh, why not? You know, bold. I I really like the colors. Yeah, it's got a nice standout white for those yeah. who can't see, which is everyone. Stark white against a green yeah. accent it's an, wall. It's an accent wall. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, cool. I just ordered some wallpaper for my bathroom, which I am pumped about. Wallpaper's back in for those who don't know, and it's a removable wallpaper, which is pretty legit. Love wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Um, sad news. I know we're not talking about it, but last week they announced that optometry's meeting is canceled. Yes. We'll shed a tear. Go yeah. Ahead. You know, this is a uh, big news, but, uh, I think, you know, all these things, it's going to breed new opportunities, new things, new situations, new, you know, CE opportunities, new marketing opportunities, new networking opportunity. So we look forward to the fall. You know, we hope things will, you know, occur in the fall. We know that academies in the fall um, and uh, lots of important things, lots of reasons to be involved with your organized uh, association. They're advocating on our behalf. So that's my little commercial for that. But yeah, certainly for those that don't know, it's big news. Big news. But even bigger news is our episode today. All right, great. Well, you know, in light of all the things that are going on in our altered reality that we're all having to deal with, I've been trying to think of ways to, you know, give everyone who's listening new data that's clinically relevant, that is interesting. And actually, I was speaking with um, somebody on the eye topic, and they were talking about how patients have been complaining to them about new problems being that they're working from home. New problems because their their eyes like their were drier, <laughs> their kids, all these new problems. <laughs> like, that's my biggest problem working at home. <laughs> Mine are my dogs. Who I love, but they're <laughs> a pain in my ass sometimes too. <laughs> for sure. But I, I realize that like we aren't trained for a lot of things that you do at home aside from like giving glasses to see better. And so I got to this like funnel, this like rabbit hole I ran down of – you know, what are we doing for, I was actually sitting, actually doing a recording and I realized like, I'm not comfortable at my desk at all. Like I have this comfy chair, I have this nice setup, multiple screens, and I hate sitting here. And so the the topic of ergonomics came to mind. And then I went down the second rabbit hole of like, who do we get to talk? Like who's an expert in ergonomics? I don't even know. And then I found Deborah Reed, i.e. the <laughs> ergo girl. I loved her website and Deborah, welcome. Oh, hi. <laughs> Thanks. 
Yeah, there is actually a picture of me in a red cape. <laughs> yeah, I saw that on your website. I'm going to yes. link it for anyone who wants to see. Just to give a really short in- uh, intro, Deborah is a consultant. She's an occupational therapist, a trainer, and as she mentioned, a reluctant superhero. Love that. Um, leads her team on the mission to stomp out workplace injuries and optimize human productivity. So she's done many different speaking engagements. She's an active member, a past president for the Puget Sound Human Factors and Ergonomic Society, Um, been at many conferences or spoken at many conferences, I should say, both in the Northwest and it looks like across the country. And uh, she's actually created Office Ergonomic web TV show for Whitney and Wyatt that have been featured on CBS Radio, Better Home and Gardens, E-Week, iVillage, The Ergonomic Report, Ergonomic Today, etc. Deborah also is going through the struggles that we all do. She has a family at home with a daughter, I believe, in school, homeschooling, right? That's <laughs> so right. We are and a wor- dog that works. <laughs> <laughs> we are working around everyone's schedule. Jimmy, of course, is at work dealing with the emergency patient, and I... I'm enjoying the fruits of unemployment. So here's where, here's where we all are. <laughs> so thank you for joining us. Yeah, happy to happy to be here and talk about my passion. Yeah. yeah. I am a, a huge fan of the therapy world. I see you're an occupational therapist also, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. or two, or that's, that's maybe how you got into this. But my wife is a physical therapist, and... Um, I I work very closely with occupational therapy, both from a brain injury rehab standpoint as well as a low vision rehab standpoint. And um, actually, we actually employ a OT, a co-manage, co you know work with a OT here in our office. She comes in once a week, so I I'm, I have huge, huge, huge amount of respect for OT. It's a wonderful profession. Um, so I'm I'm so I think you're our first OT on Try Not to Blink. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. I think. uh, Thank you for that, because I, I think we're a very special breed, and uh, there aren't very many of us. I think there are only about fifty thousand in the country. Or I was going to say fifty. Wow. (laughs) Oh, you're busy. (laughs) Whoa, that could be an old stat, but um, I mean, we everybody we, we have like this systems thinking that we're trained in, right? And that that has been so useful. What does that mean? Um, in my ergonomics career. It means being able to think quite holistically when you're solving problems and also the ability, which is more micro, but being able to, to drill down to things that are very specific. So it's this flexible mind that can alternate between a macro systems perspective and a micro perspective. And no offense to PTs. I have friends who are PTs, but oh, now they, she's gonna... they're more micro. And <laughs> yeah, they, sure. And that's, that's, here's my favorite definition of the difference between OT and PT is yeah. oh, <laughs> PTs will teach you how to walk and OTs will teach you how to dance. Oh, Ooh. wow. That's like very it. interesting. I like that's it. That's very interesting. But you need like to walk it. to dance, but not every walker can dance. And dancing is so much more complex totally. yeah. of a of a task, and it has meaning in a different way. And right, right. 
Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You take you take the skills and make them functional, right? right. I mean, you put them into, and that's the word, right? Functionality. Yes. And um, you know, making it the the things that make people do what they want to do, whatever that is, you that's know, in right. their day, their activities of daily living. So I know you you know those ADLs inside out and backwards, right? So yeah, even um, though that's not what I do anymore, but right. um, it's also funny. Um, I was. After graduate school, I was contemplating either opening a low vision rehab clinic. Okay, cool. How about it? <laughs> or doing ergonomics. Um, Interesting. As a firm, I wanted to be a business owner. Okay. But I just wasn't sure. I had a lot of interest in both. Um, my interest in vision came from my father being an ophthalmologist. Fun Wait, backstory, did you know right? This, Ryan? I did. did. You know this? I know. It was oh one of my God. questions I was going to lead in. She stole the thunder. Did you know yeah. this? I know. So Perfect. Great yeah. story, right? So wow. he was a uh, chief of ophthalmology in Portland, Maine. Wow. Um, wow. Cool. For a long, long time. And he opened the very first outpatient surgical clinic or Whoa. building. It became a huge build, a huge practice. Um, yeah, the first outpatient surgical eye clinic in, in Maine. Wow. And then okay. we, um, we went on six, I joined them on six medical missions to Guatemala. Okay. On eye missions to serve the indigenous populations. Super fun. So it's really cool. I got to do stuff there. I can't do in the U S <laughs> I was doing pre-op. She was and... doing cataract surgeries. <laughs> yeah, practically. I was assisting uh. in one. I got to assist in one surgery. Awesome. Yeah, it was well, I mean, being that you have that overlap and you probably could explain what a cataract is and what macular degeneration is and all those things, especially hearing, you know, talk from family. But I like with that application, how do you see that in I mean, what are some of let's be like super blunt about this. What are some of the flaws that eye care providers in general maybe neglect to mention to the average you know, desk worker? What are the things mm. that people are maybe neglecting or, you know, we you know, I, I'm, I wish I could be a fly in the room when an optometrist is working with someone or an ophthalmologist is working with someone and having discussions about work. I would love to know what is said. Yeah. Because um, it's a complete mystery to me, honestly, but what we recommend so what we're recommending from the other side, so I guess, you know, we're at a work site talking to an individual and inevitably we're recommending computer glasses. Okay. Amen. Right? Love that. Um, and, then, and we're recommending that they live at their workstation so they don't get lost. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um you know what I'm get what I'm arming people with is the focal distance. So we're with a tape measure. I'm saying, okay, write this down. This is the distance from your eyes to the screen. Now yeah. that you're seated properly and everything's set up properly, this is the distance you want to tell your optometrist. This is your default font size that you're using. Hmm. And I'm just sort of, you know, we're just hoping that we're giving optometrists the right information when we're sharing hmm. that. So 
All right, I need to go back a little bit here. Uh, it, what do you do? <laughs> what what is this? What is this whole profession? <laughs> I mean, like, okay, I I you know, OTs love them. Um, you know, everything functional, get it, love it. But what is this whole ergonomic? Go to businesses, check things. I mean, where is this a science world that I'm not familiar with? This is a specialty. This is, and I'm just totally ignorant. I don't know, okay. and I want you to tell me. Yeah, yeah, sure. So ergonomics is definitely an advanced area of practice. Okay. Um, Within occupational like, therapy, would you say? Or? Yeah, and I, yes, and I would say not very many go into this. Okay. So most occupational therapists will go into like spinal cord, like what you're doing, TBI or spinal yeah. cord injuries, or they'll do um, work hardening, or they'll do, usually it's nerve disorders. They're working in schools and hospitals mm. primarily. Um I didn't want to. <laughs> so I had learned in graduate school this term called primary prevention. And it rocked my world. It lit up every cell in my body, got me so excited. The The idea of preventing disability and injury in the first place, it was so exciting, so exciting. Um, so I did my master's thesis on a related topic of identifying risks for injury for ski patrol cool. and ways to mitigate those risks for their work, right? Super hard, super heavy, awkward. Every nightmare an agronomist can think of exists in a ski patrol job. <clears throat> so that was a fascinating study. And uh, right after grad school, I went into work rehab, work rehabilitation. So that's where... I ran an industrial rehabilitation clinic and was doing a myriad of work simulation in a clinic setting to get people post-injury as well prepared as possible to return to their job of injury, right? So does that mean that, so was that in a specific industry or was it like no. a, a clinic that did a lot of, now I like your words that you use better, but when I hear that, I'm just going to tell you what I think. I think that's a workman's comp place. Is that yes. what? Okay. All right. So that's what it was. Okay. Which is yep. cool. I mean, that's, you gotta, you, you know, those people need, and that's, that's a stressful situation sometimes, right? Because you're dealing with, it's so hard. I, found to not get jaded working with workman's comp patients. Well, I did, as a matter of fact. <laughs> All the words out of her mouth. <laughs> All right. That is, I, it was a really bad fit, but yeah. I, it was a deliberate decision to get my way mm -hmm. or rather to begin my path toward an ergonomics practice because I, because I knew ergonomics was more advanced and I really felt like I needed to understand the, the work injury side of it first, case management, rehab, etiology, et cetera, et cetera. And then I could go out in the world and, and, and shut down these crimes, right? Like I could stop it at work. I didn't think every single person walking through that clinic door had a preventable injury. Preventable. So... It seemed, seemed very valuable, and I think it was a brilliant decision, and I've mentored many OTs who are new or in school to go down this same path. It was a brilliant decision to understand the injury side so that I could then back up the train and do prevention on site. Hmm. So, yeah, so we go out to all types of industries and 
work with groups of people, individual people, and entire enterprises. So like we might study the the life of a box through a manufacturing facility. So, hmm. you know, um, <clears throat> it's really fascinating and it pulls together a lot of industrial engineering and design and rehab and lean manufacturing principles all kind of come together. So it's um, wonderful for OTs who have those brains, right, that I was talking about before that can be systems and micro. Um, it's really, really, really fun. So to- are there a set of standards that exist that you sort of work from or it's an evidence base? Is OSHA involved in this? How does, you mm. know, how does all that stuff connect? Does it connect? <laughs> or do you, you have your own approach? There are, yeah, no, there are... Um, validated ergonomic assessment tools that are out there for public use. There are some private companies that have developed proprietary assessment methodologies and risk analysis methodologies. Um, We've created some of our own from, I have basically, but from, you can imagine over a decade of, you know, studying and, Etc. So yeah, awesome. it seems kind of fun. I mean, all every profession has its own ailments, and you have to be creative in figuring out how to do each one, how to deal with each one, and give best recommendations. That's right. So the base basics of the science part of it is biomechanics. That would be what your audience probably best understands. Um, so the hu- where the human and the work interface. That's where we live. And so the work itself doesn't really matter. It matters in what we recommend as a solution. But the human working is where we're doing our magic. That's where we're coming up with solutions to make people's work more efficient, make their movements more efficient, and less injury prone. So it's a win-win. It's it's fantastic to be able to offer that much impact in the same solution. When you, when you go to all these different, even careers, there has to be some sort of, you know, um, similar patterns that you see that are errors. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. And that has to do problems, the body, right? The way the body works. So, One of the biggest risks is when people are working with their hands above their shoulder level. Okay. Period. So you take that concept, that's what I would call a risk factor. But what we look at, because we take an engineering approach, we want to understand what's causing that risk factor. What in the environment or the process or the design of the equipment is causing the human being to have to reach apply force, push, pull, whatever, in that hands above head position. And then we want to fix that. We want to fix the condition that's causing this risky posture. Hmm. No more YMCA dance is what I'm hearing. (laughs) Well, no, 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 no. (laughs) No, it's only like that's a problem when it's done in a a holding kind of position, which we call static. So if you're holding your arms in that position – or you're frequently reaching overhead, 
um, or you're in that posture and you're applying force. Because we are meant to move in all kinds of ways, right? I'm also a fitness trainer. And, oh, cool. you know, like, yeah, the body's amazing and it's supposed to move in all kinds of ways, but not in these certain positions that put our certain joints at really high risk of getting rips and tears and Hmm. awful things like that, that take a really long time to recover from. So when I think about optometry, I'm going to switch the topic a little bit, but when I think about ophthalmology or optometry, and I think about that one particular risk of reaching overhead, you know, you've got your patient in the exam chair and you, you're sitting down, let's say you're sitting down on a stool, a little round stool, right? Yep. Right. Right? Oh, you're, yeah. gonna, you're reaching up <laughs> overhead to pull the equipment over in front of your patient's face instead of standing up to grasp that slit lamp or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, Sliding slit it lamp, over. Opter, yeah. Yep. Sure, right. So it, it can't. Sometimes the solution to change the condition is to move where your body is. Yeah. I mean, that I just like totally got a eureka moment like that. You're saying that. And I I think, yeah, it's probably so obvious to you. But yeah, like, why the hell don't I stand up to do that? Thank you. Yeah. So that's pretty (laughs) impressive. And uh, it, it but it but but. The, re- the thing is, we have to change our habits. Yes, And that's so damn yeah, But hard. there's so many reasons to change your habits. Right. So, <laughs> so many reasons. So what kind of feedback do you have, though, to provide for that, right? Like, so knowledge only gets us so far. Do you, do you, I mean, and pain is really the, probably the best motivator, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. But, yeah. but do, you have, do you have any feedback or things that help people, you know, to kind of remember some things that you recommend? So that's a great recommendation I'm going to ask a little little bit about the slit lamp too because i think that's probably a huge one that people deal with and i know my wife uh is always talking about my posture and how terrible it is and i'm Mm -hmm. like slouched over at the slit lamp all the time right you know good percentage of the day so what um so first question feedback on remembering things like is there any way any advice you have for that (laughs) i don't i don't personally have a solution i think i think jimmy we could do like a little um red a red uh string around (laughs) your finger that could be helpful (laughs) people have come up with i mean pain is the number one motivator yeah there's peer pressure and peer coaching (laughs) that can happen shame could work Shame. 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 <laughs> Shaming. Yes. Yes. I Humor. like that though. Standing up. Yes. Yeah. Right. Is that the same thing like with the, the Vera desk, like the standing desk? Like what's the thought or theory behind the standing desk? Do you, Can we come that, back to that? Yeah, come yeah, back definitely. to that. That's a whole. Is that Wait, a huge I have one? a real question too. This I'm is all a over practical the place. one. Sorry. What about, I know Jimmy's got like 17 more non-listed questions. So I prepped many questions. Her, I what about talking about the slit lamp. <laughs> Tell me about well, toothpaste. slit lamp and like kidding. what about you're on your computer but looking at the patient. I often yeah. find myself like awkwardly, I'll like try to adjust everything so I'm looking at them still but I'm twerking my neck a little weird so that I can yeah. see the screen well, and he's twerking in the room now. <laughs> twerking. <laughs> Tweaking. I don't oh, know the right Jesus. word. Twerking, maybe. <laughs> twerking. <laughs> anyway. But seriously, like, is there a um, right way to do that? Yeah, right. So the introduction of technology 
into, especially into older uh, facilities has, is extremely problematic yeah. because unfortunately it makes me so sad, but even in new builds, I'm seeing horrible new builds where it's, I just don't understand. It's like <laughs> the same design is just being punched over and over and over again into the blueprints and they're yeah. getting, you're getting like built in sharp edge counters with no knee space underneath and sharp corners and not enough space for a computer or a laptop. Well, I don't understand this. Yeah. It's insane people. (laughs) So any of you out there who are owners of clinics, please stop doing that. Please incorporate ergonomic design into your new builds. Please. What is the reference though? Like not, not questioning you, but like, where's yeah. a good reference to learn? I mean, because what I think of, like, in just even imagining an office space, I just think of what I know. And that doesn't mean yeah, that's no, good. There are, design, there are huge books of design guidelines. I have a massive library, you wouldn't believe, around ergonomic design guidelines. Um, it's complicated. And it, yeah, it's nothing that you should become a specialist at. It's like you wouldn't be your own architect. Totally. And architects don't know ergonomics. Er- ergonomists wouldn't be architects. It's it's a it's a collaborative effort to understand your demographics of your working population. So, are you is everyone in your clinic um, from Latin America? That's going to be a different design than um, a clinic that's completely all North American and it will, you know, always be that way. And if you don't, if you want to build for all people, all equity, all inclusion, then that has different requirements as well altogether. Hmm. So these things, it, it's more complicated than people think on the, on the outset, on the outset. Hmm. Um, but there are some common principles, like I alluded to sharp edges that is a simple across the board risk. So you should not have any sharp edges on your counters. I'm going to just ask a dumb question. What's the reason for that? I'm it's called just... contact stress. Okay. So basically what will oh, happen when okay. you're, when you're, I... you, I can show you on the video, but uh, <laughs> the podcasters can't see, but it's like dig, something sharp digging into your, the uh, underside of your forearm. Mm. Well, I thought you, you meant like the edges, like corners. The corners. Yeah. That's what well, I thought you meant. Also the edges, also those corners that are really sharp. You're going to, yeah. of course, get contusion injuries. Okay. But the, the straight edge itself is a uh. problem for people because it digs in on the underside of the forearm where we don't have, a, especially near the wrist, that distal aspect of the forearm. We don't yeah. have protective padding there. Hmm. Right. To look at your... Go ahead, flip your hand over and look at yeah. it. Yeah. You can see your tenons. You can see your beautiful <laughs> veins. There they are. Yeah. Gorgeous. Right? Yeah. You There's no fat pads there to protect you. Interesting. Um, so you can get nerve complications, vascular complications, mm. uh, and skin comp- complications. Mm. So it's bad. <laughs> um, depending on the counter height. That type of sharp counter could also dig into the top of your thighs, depending on like your seated height and the height of the counter and all of these complex 
inner relationships. So anyway, that was a rabbit hole, but <laughs> no. potentially interesting. No, so no, it's very interesting. Those that's I mean, again, the standing, the you know, the edges. Those are things I would not have thought of. And then the other, the the, the slit lamp. Talking about the slit lamp and just you know, the reaching part. There. But also, yeah, I I do notice optometry and ophthalmology staff leaning forward. A lot. Yes. Leaning forward, leaning forward. So I would encourage, encourage all of you, if you're seated, if you're going to do things seated, and I think that's a reasonable question to ask and for me to challenge is, do you have to be seated? Hmm. I think that's reasonable. And I'll tell you why. The casters on your stool um, and your, well, they're going to often get in the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of you getting close enough to certain tasks that you're doing. Oh, okay. Um, when you're wheeling around a little bit, right, you're pushing your stool a little bit from side to side, you're not quite getting all the way where you want to be to reach whatever you're grabbing for. So inevitably, you're going to roll or push yourself halfway, and then you're going to lean to the right or to the left the rest of the way. That's... The leaning in and the leaning to the side causes tremendous pressures to the low back. Does your population have low back pain? Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like correcting my leaning right now. Pretty sure it's number <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Interesting. you really are, if you can, when you can, you're better off standing and moving, walking toward, let your feet take you to where you're wanting to go because you can actually get closer that way than you can when you're scooting around on a, on a wheeled stool. So get your butt off that thing. So yeah, that'll help your back. The second thing it'll do is it'll burn more calories, which we all need, quite frankly. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, number, number three, it'll push blood around your body. Well, guess what that does for your brain? Helps it. Yes, it helps it. <laughs> You're smarter. <laughs> Makes you smarter. Keeps you more alert as well. Oh, okay. Keeps you more right? alert. All right. Mm-hmm. Less coffee. I like that. Yeah. It also, you've heard of the sitting disease. So, of course, the more movement you can get in your day, it's going to completely disrupt the the metabolic cascade of events that occur when you're sitting for uh, even one hour. Totally. So... It's critical that you get up at least two minutes every hour, minimal. Okay. You've got to get up two minutes every hour, no matter what. That's the bare minimum to um, basically shut off the, the cascade of, of metabolic changes that occur from sitting. Hmm. If you had your way, two minutes sounds very minimal to me, but... But obviously, we know that people sit, you know, seven hours, eight hours a day, maybe more. You had your way. What would you recommend? Would you say 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes? Oh, how, how long at a time? I'd say 30 minutes at a time. 30 minutes at a time. Get up. 20 to 30. Yeah. Depends okay. on your pain level a little bit. But. Do you think okay. just simply standing up? So I know a lot of people that especially our desk workers have the option for standing desks. Yeah. Is simply so standing the good trick enough? there. The trick isn't really standing is fine, but you don't want to stand all the time either. Uh. So the magic is in the change of position. 
It's ah. the movement part of that transition that's critical. Okay. It's the movement from sitting up to standing that, sh- that short circuits the metabolic cascade, hmm. the negative metabolic cascade. It's the movement of going from standing down into, you know, you're squatting down to sit. So really we want you to change sitting and standing every 20 to 30 minutes. That alone is not going to get you your two minutes of movement every hour. Right. Go walk and look outside, go to the bathroom, grab a healthy snack. You could, if you're in your standing mode, you could do hamstring curls while you're typing. I like that. You could certainly do stuff while you're podcasting, guys. There you You go. (laughs) There you go. Unless you're tied to a mic, I guess. I guess we could move the mic up and down, up and down. Yeah, yeah, right. Attach it to your body. I don't know. But you could... For regular people who are on the phone, so if you're taking a triage call or whatever, you're on the phone, absolutely stand up and wiggle or do lunges or hamstring curls or marches or uh, calf raises. So meaning you're rising up on your, you know, tippy toes and down flat footed again. Um, So literally just moving, just move, just move, 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 move. I love also to go back a little bit. You had mentioned getting a pair of computer glasses. This is now kind of transitioning into the idea of like how as eye care providers can we give better recommendations to our patients, whether it be particularly right now, a lot of people are forced to work from home regardless of their profession or, you know, even just day to day. I mean, I love recommending computer glasses. Being in the Seattle area, I mean, I have a ton of tech tech patients and so I think it's a honestly a mistake. Anyone who spends more than, I don't know, three or four hours a day on the computer having a, any sort of progressive that's not a computer design progressive or a near variable focus. So I love that. But what are some other considerations that you yeah, think people but, could give for whether yeah. it be adapting to now or just adapting to, you know, long work environments? Yeah, I guess I'm kind of fixated on the vision piece right now. Sure. Um, for for yeah um so <laughs> progressives are super bad for computer work terrible just please please stop yeah. letting people do that totally <laughs> that, that's my ask of your community yeah um we see the single most dangerous neck posture for people which is tipping their head back oh, yeah. to see the screen so depending on where they're where they're looking at on their screen, they they literally are seesawing their head up and down and up and down all day long and going backwards is creates incredibly high compressive forces to the posterior aspect of the discs in the cervical spine. And C5 C6 disc is the most traumatized segment in the spine other than hmm. L4 5. So it you, Please stop letting your yeah. please talk to every patient about getting computer glasses if they're intensively on the computer. Um, I would say you could you should maybe educate yourself more on the tinted glasses okay. and communicate with your patients um, about what you think they might need. And then somehow get that communicated to your ergonomics professional. Uh, From an OT perspective, what are some tinting that you see valuable? 
Well, it's re- I feel a little bit like it's slightly beyond scope of work. It's one of those sure. gray areas where should the recommendation come from the eye medicine side or from the ergonomics side? Sure. Um, the most commonly tinted colors that ergonomists tend to look at are blue and yellow. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I feel like our, our professions could come together on that perhaps a little bit better and develop some better guidelines. Totally. I mean, honestly, I love that idea of collaboration because, you know, just like in any profession, when it comes to a comprehensive exam, for instance, there's so much you're trying to pack into that encounter with a patient that a lot of times, especially for the patient that isn't a great historian or perhaps just doesn't talk much, right? You have to kind of pull those complaints out of the patient because they're thinking about, oh, does my eye hurt or can I see? And if they answer those questions, yes, sometimes it doesn't even come out that they hate their glasses in certain situations or that they have a lot of neck pain at work or whatever. So there is a lot of screening that I think we could definitely do better as a profession. Um, You know, I've, I've implemented this new thing in my office where I have a diagram of what a progressive looks like and what a a computer lens looks like. And every patient over 40, I mean, granted, like, again, I'm in a huge tech area, so, like, it's a pretty common discussion. But if someone comes in and has even the subtlest complaints, or if I know they're in that age bracket that they probably would have the complaint, I'm always talking about a computer lens. Because I just, I love the design. I think it's smart. And so many people give me good feedback on it. It's just a no-brainer. And so just giving the visual diagram, and especially when it's a younger presbyope, so someone who's younger that can't see well, they're not going to hugely benefit from a normal progressive because, say, they don't feel like they need it yet. However, let me interject. Yes. I'm seeing younger and younger people with eye... uh, Complaints? Stinging, burning, pain, fatigue, uh, associated with screen time. Totally. And... So I would encourage you all to, to address it, period. Yeah. Um, ask people straight out, are you having any eye discomfort at all at work? Yeah. And then you can ask your digging questions from there. You know, is it is it itchy? Is it pain? Is it dry? Did it, what does it feel like? Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, eye drops, not the best solution. And no. you all know that. I know that. Right. So... The solutions I'm going to look at are, I'm going to look for guidance from you um, that hopefully you're, you've communicated to the patient clearly, hopefully in writing, because people don't remember when they leave your office. Nope. So they'll come, you know, we'll meet with them, my team will meet with them on site, and that employee will be able to, or your patient, our employee, sure. <laughs> will be able to communicate to my consultant what the optometrist is or ophthalmologist is recommending. Um, we're, we are also going to look at lighting levels big time. Interesting. So we're going to, we spend a lot of time trying to mitigate the light <clears throat> emanating into the eye. There's a lot of competing light coming into the eye uh, during computer work. So we're doing a lot with the monitors. We're making lots of adjustments on the monitors and having, facilities level discussions with the facilities director Hmm. about lighting and I mean like you know we'll do whatever we need to on a recommendation side um yeah so uh 
What are good I'm trying ways? To think of how, I'm trying to think of how we could bridge the gap there a little bit. Like, I wonder if, if you could suggest to a patient, look, if you're having eye, eye challenges and vision challenges at work, I'm only part of the solution. Here's what I think you should do from the medical side. I think you also need to find an ergonomics consultant in your area. Um, I have, my team is, we have wide coverage across the country, but um, maybe their employer already has a relationship with, you know, an ergonomics provider. They should pursue that. Totally. I love that idea. Tell your patient to pursue that. Um, because chances are they have a really long career ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And the eye issue is is really getting worse, I have to tell you. Totally. It's getting worse. Just last week, this is bringing it to the COVID situation. Sorry, I don't mean to bring us down on no, that. But no. like the work from home thing, I was overhearing my child's uh, headmaster having a discussion with her grade. This is a fifth grade group. It's a small group, and eight kids spoke up and talked about getting headaches from screen time. Now, you know, and I know that's related to vision big time. And so this is a massive concern for me. Um, I'm also in Seattle, headquartered in Seattle, and we're now looking at another nine weeks of homeschooling. And these kids are experiencing headaches already after only three and a half weeks. So what the heck? What, what are, are we going to do? And what even are adults are on screen now more than ever because we used to be in offices chatting, looking at real people, 3D. <laughs> yeah. And now we're doing Zoom meetings, you know, or whatever. And we're all on the screens a lot more. And I think we need a lot more vision breaks. So Aside from taking breaks and aside from being able to go to everyone in Seattle's home <laughs> to like <laughs> analyze their situation, what yeah. are things that people could implement right now to make their situation better ergonomically? You know, for vision? For they just could re- the whole setup, yeah. Well, for vision, they could reduce the brightness on their screens okay. significantly. I'm going to do that right um, now. They can, and then they need to pay attention to lighting levels over the course of a day. Because wherever they're sitting, they have windows and the light will change over the course of the day. And just sort of figure it, spend some time thinking about what is the light level like in the morning? What is it like midday? And what is it like in the afternoon? And adjust your blinds, adjust the lighting levels. Um, So sitting in a big window is not good. Heck no. (laughs) Hmm. <laughs> vitamin D. I thought it was good for you. I do want you to get outside, and I every like again every thirty minutes. This is a way to to build in a vision break and a movement break and a, everything all together. Is if you body break. I thought you get were your say. butt, get your whole body break. <laughs> get your butt outside. Yeah. <laughs> get your butt outside every twenty thirty minutes, even if it's just for a minute. Not- not for a cigarette. Don't do no, that. No, 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 thank you. <laughs> Just or kidding. an alcoholic <laughs> beverage. But yeah, don't do either one of those. Get outside and literally, here's your vision thing, is you're going to focus 20 feet away minimum for 20 seconds. Okay? It's called the 20-20-20 rule. So ideally, every yeah. 20 minutes, you look 20 feet away for 20 seconds. 
But by getting up and going outside, you're getting the movement in and you're getting the vitamin D that we all really, really need. Um, it helps reset our circadian rhythms and there's all kinds of benefits from the Surgeon General that if you don't know about how important it is to be outside, you should study that on your own time. Wow. <laughs> um, there's a massive amount of evidence on the metabolic, huge metabolic and hormonal balancing that we can get just from being outside for 10 minutes in the morning. No joke. Huh. I like that. But, but doing this, doing this all day long, it builds in your movement, it builds in your vision break. Love it. What about even like at your desk specifically? What are things that people could do either low cost or no cost aside from the screen brightness, aside from getting up? Is there, where should your screen be? Should you? Well, there's two other, um, there's two other, I call it my top three most egregious office ergonomic crimes. You see? Yeah. <laughs> the third one was the vision one that I've already talked about. Um, at least I explained some of it. Um, but the other two are, one is overreaching and another is awkward, ne awkward neck postures, basically. Yeah. So, I guess my biggest tips for those two issues um, for the reaching problem would be to make sure that you have your elbows fairly close to your body when you're using your mouse and your keyboard. Hmm. Um, ideally, if you're in a laptop situation because you're in a sudden work from home situation, ideally you have the ability to use an external keyboard and an external mouse and stick your laptop up on a box or a bin or books or something so that you're getting the screen straight out in front of you where your head is neutral, where your head is, your neck is neutral, sitting on top of your spine and you just look straight out and there's your screen. Hmm. I like that. If you can't do that, then you're going to really need to work on the angling of your laptop screen as if, think about how you hold a book. When you open a book, a novel that you're reading or something, it's how, just go ahead and pretend you're doing that. Like where, notice where your arms are. Notice how you've angled the book towards your face. It's not like straight up and down in front of you. You've angled it towards your eyes. It's called line of sight or visual angle is what you call that, right? You guys know about that. So we just want you to tilt your screen similarly. Tilt it to be inside your your visual angle. I like that. Yeah. Those are just a couple of quick, quick uh, tips to solve those two crimes. I've already That's made multiple adjustments on my screen. <laughs> my screen is less <laughs> bright. <laughs> and I'm going to close this window by me. It's gonna be a perfect little setup. Oh, good. <laughs> what would so um, laptops? You don't you don't think they're as good because you have to reach to get not to as the good. screen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, not just how low the screens are, but also how tiny they are. Yeah. And I like to tell people where the head goes, the body goes. So if you're having trouble, literally with your acuity, your visual acuity, to see the size font or the style of font on your laptop, you're going to do what? Bend forward. Yeah, you're going forward. to Slouch. bring your head to Down. it, right? Mm -hmm. So there you go. 
So um, online now, there's all these uh, things out there about little adapters and little things that you can like put on your neck or on your clothes or on your, I don't know if you've, have you seen this? Yeah. Like, like the they, posture correction thing. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, I, I was all like, Oh, I'm going to do this. And um, you know, my wife's going to stop yelling at me about my posture. I lost it in like three days. Oh, I spent geez. like a hundred bucks on this thing and it was, I don't even remember. I think it was like a little magnet. And I bought one too. To I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bought it. It's stuck to your back. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like every five seconds it would vibrate. And I used it for, like, I used it for a little bit. And I'm like, this is annoying. I'm never straight. So I turned it like to the (laughs) lowest thing. Yeah. And and then, like, in two days it was gone. It was like a hundred bucks, totally lost, get down the tubes. Um, Is that total BS? What do you think? No, it's not. If okay. you don't lose it, it's <laughs> if you actually use it right, <laughs> do you have one that you recommend or do you, I mean, no, no, no. Okay. there's a bunch out there now. Those, okay. It's a type of biofeedback system. You can also get the non-technological cheaper version, which is like a, it's like a crisscross <laughs> strap thing behind uh-huh, your back, yeah, strapping yeah. you Velcro on that actually helps pull your shoulders back okay. and it provides a different type of no, no tech biofeedback so as you are slouching you can feel um this strapping system it sounds it sounds awful when i say it that way (laughs) they're (laughs) they're stretchy don't worry about it it won't hurt you Um, (laughs) you can still move um but you can feel the tension in the material so it it gives you biofeedback in a non-technical fashion and it's bigger so you're less likely to lose it and it's cheaper. So those, I think those can help for sure. Um, in terms of that habit reminder. I just found yeah, cool. it for 15 bucks, 16 bucks. See? I'll link it on, on the site for anyone who wants to spend <laughs> their, t- their downtime yeah. correcting yeah. their posture, come back as a true sophisticate. Yeah. I mean, my company, it, we're doing a lot of virtual and remote service work for, office workers and non-office workers, like the essential staff that are out there working. Um, so we, you know, we have webinars and we have phone coaching. And well, how can yeah. we get that information? We actually have a COVID, we have a work from home page. It's like a COVID page, even though it's some of what we're offering isn't really for people working from home. We might need to change our language on that, but because we keep adding we are adding every week we're at we've been adding new services to support the current situation so anyway you just go to our website we'll link that right on the landing on the top of the landing page you just it'll you can see where to go um it's just uh ergo fit consulting perfect love that she you had mentioned deborah that people can not only reach out to you but also that you have locations across the country or you know, I guess you're all in one same big group. Is that right? Or how do what's the, yeah. 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 More or less we're headquartered yeah. out of Seattle. So my biggest team is here. Um, and we have consultants on, up and down the major West coast cities, uh, through big cities in Texas, Denver, Phoenix, Tucson, Boston, New York, and DC. Awesome. Basically. Wow. So, well, thank- and don't forget Wisconsin. We can come. Wisconsin. Oh, and cheese. They are yes. forgetting about sometimes. The flyover states, you just don't even remember them. Oh, uh, 
We love you, Wisconsin. We're just joking. There's (laughs) a lot uh, of wonderful folks in Wisconsin. Very much so. (laughs) Yes. Very much so. Well, thank you uh, so much for joining us. I know that you have probably lots of other things you could be spending your time on, but I know all our our listeners will very much appreciate your wisdom when it comes to this, both for themselves and for their patients. So we will link your information for anyone who wants to reach out, whether it's to develop some new practice patterns or perhaps find a new resource for your patients um, or a new um, someone new to add to your team. And even your staff. Don't forget yes. taking oh, care yeah. of the musculoskeletal health of your staff. Well, right? I even we think about these big bouncy ball seats. Oh, uh, dear. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, one of one of our receptionists was like, you know, I really want these. No. Um, so no. we did. We got them. And then like <laughs> no. she says, no. No. three, like a month later, somebody like fell off of them. And, exactly. You know, we're get, we got rid of all of them. They're a nightmare. But, I think uh, about, too, we have a lot of student listeners, and I think it'd be helpful for student listeners or student teams to maybe reach out to tips for tips on you know best practice for you know sitting in lecture halls for hours on end each day or Mm -hmm. you know things that you are doing that you could just do better yeah it's a good point yeah we also have um if if anyone does go to our website we do have a free um we've worked with a, a few like equipment vendors i guess furniture vendors who come up with some discounts for the current situation and um we have gone ahead and created a little free resource cool Uh, i'll be checking that out for sure with a nice laptop riser for example sort of thing we don't get you know we're not endorsing anything we're not getting anything for it it's you should no (laughs) no no why not no no and i'm probably also soon probably next week i'll be putting up a free little kitschy superhero very kitschy i hope people see the humor in it but (laughs) we're putting up um, a little video hopefully next week on these three top three ergonomic crimes all right cool well we'll we'll definitely be posting that to our social media accounts thank you again so much yeah all right awesome well i hope that was helpful that was informative that was great loved it well that's it. Before we go, reach out to us for feedback, questions, stories, things you want us to talk about, either on Instagram, Facebook, or call or text us. We've got plenty of time to do with people right now, so do it. We can't depart without saying thanks to Valley Contacts for their support, both for the amazing lenses they make and the great people they are to work with. And be sure and tune in and listen to our next episodes. But until then, try not to blink. <laughs>